What is up, beautiful people? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Auto Skin Detail. Give them a follow on Instagram, like a couple pictures, show them some love. This podcast is also brought to you by Cinder, fulfilling all of your cannabis needs in Spokane. Visit them at cindersmoke.com and order your buds before you get to the store. Let's go. just happy to be here what is up beautiful people of the world my name is exact change and i'm happy to be here today with my guest nawano duan pontoha jr commonly known as il the samurai one of the mcs from ladak city dynamics what's up guys <sighs> welcome man welcome dude i'm so glad that we get to do this i know man i'm excited in our natural habitat on the stoop Yes, right where we belong. Did you ever watch uh, Hey Arnold as a kid? I did. You did? Stoop We're kid, bro. Stoop kids. That's me, bro. Stoop kid afraid to leave his stoop. That's funny you say that. We actually have a song that we like have in our upper sleeve, kind of going down that alleyway too. So, Really? Yeah. So that's oh, funny man. you mentioned that. But no, I, I love it. I feel like I'm on the movie Friday right now. And no one's even trying to debo us because we're in Spokane. Oh, no, it's kind of nice too, right? Like we got the we got the evening weather. Mm-hmm. It's just like shaded. It's you know a nice solid eighty-five probably. Yeah. God, it doesn't get much better than this, dude. Oh yeah, I'm comfortable. Okay. Well, well, let's dive in, bro. Tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Nawano. I am born in Spokane, Washington. I've moved around quite a bit uh, over in Portland, Oregon, or more towards the Res and Welpinit over in Reardon. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I'm North Spokane. I met you through Cinder, but I've been following your rap music for a long while. Uh, I'm guessing what brought me here is not only my knowledge on like flower and just having a good time, but um, being in the music scene and having a lot to say about that. And with being in the music scene right now, I am involved, like I said, with Lilac City Dynamics. It's a three-man group between Julian, Lane Flynn, and myself. We all uh, been doing our own independent artistship in a group or a tribe. We kind of like the Wu-Tang Clan. That's where we take a lot of influence from. Mm-hmm. And with that, just branched out to trying to do my own stuff, whether that's endeavors in art or rap or just promoting other artists i just really want to be a part of the scene and the entertainment scene it's what i enjoy doing i'm mm-hmm. dying right now with uh covid having the bars so empty and not being able to be in front of a crowd yeah yeah it's uh tell me a little bit about how like you first you were kind of telling me before we started and the story of your dad's band and how you met mm-hmm. the guys that you make music with now it was pretty cool yeah so what really got me like heard about from lane and julian and got me at into a part of LCD was I was doing a show with Project Kings and it was at the Big Dipper, which I love that location. And um, their band, American Heretics, who I've actually featured with and done some stuff with, was opening up for Project Kings. So they were already there, which the funny thing is I just recently met those guys 
because I started working at Locals Canna House. This is about two or three years ago, and I met this girl, Danica, who happened to be Lane's girlfriend. And mm -hmm. so I invited them out to the show, and it turned out they were playing the same show as me. And so they saw me go up on stage and freestyle for 15, 20 minutes or however long it was. And I was pretty drunk, but the crowd felt like they're right in the palm of my hands. I had a great time. And that's really how I was heard about or known about was just freestyling all the time. And like just being an MC at any party I got a chance at because that's what I do. I have a harder time writing when it comes to freestyling. Mm -hmm. But that night they saw me and they were blown away and they invited me over to just come kick it and smoke and have a freestyle session. And I wish no, <laughs> no bad on them or anything, but I do got to say like I killed it at that freestyle session. They were both blown away because I never really asked to be a part of the group. I definitely admired them and I loved their music and their shit. And they were doing this little uh, thing called Cane Town Baby at the Lion's Lair. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Cane Town Baby. Yeah, it's a free show that we were doing every single month every last saturday of the month and it's just a local showcase for all the different artists and all the different performers around town to showcase themselves and network into the scene and get to know everybody and it was becoming super popular and um but they were about just two shows in when they met me and then i came over and freestyle the next thing you know they asked if i wanted to be a part of their group and it was like just that day we sat down and smoked and all made a song like within really? two three hours and then after that, it was like I felt this healthy competition, but like like I admired them. So I wanted to keep up with what they were doing and I would never been a writer. So I like took all my old writtens and all my new writtens and put them together and I try to like keep up with what bar they were setting. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, three months later, we finished a whole 15 track EP, which is Lifted Intuition. You can find it on SoundCloud and YouTube. And so how, you said how long ago was that? That was about two <laughs> to three years ago now. Two wow. to three years. That's crazy, man. And so yeah, you're, you're a pretty social dude then, yeah? You just get out there, have a couple drinks, get on stage, just start. Yeah, no. It was, what's funny is I wasn't a social dude back in high school. I was way more into punk rock music and the punk rock scene, and I moved so many schools that I never really felt like I fit in anywhere. I would just find friends along the way. And so I was a really like more shy, reserved guy. And being in a family band, Project Kings, they're like head PE meets Rage Against the Machine with like a little bit of rock and roll DMX on the mic. Like it's really tight. Uh, getting to go and see them everywhere, it just super heavily influenced me. And I try to learn guitar, which I did. And I learned bass and I learned the drums and I started to learn the keyboard and I'm not going to lie and say I'm great at all these instruments. I learned everything pretty half-assed. I can play about any song there is, but when it comes to just closing your eyes and feeling it and freestyling it, it's not the same as just being able to have a vernacular and describe yourself on how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I just wanted to be like Jimi Hendrix on the guitar when he'd close his eyes for three hours and just feel every note. And for me, that wasn't with an instrument. That was only with words. And then I just came in love with, uh, freestyle rapping and that really came from Nob from Flying Spiders mm -hmm. as well as my Uncle Hennessy and the Project Kings just like watching them go back and forth and freestyle and thinking the, the most outlandish stuff they said is like how do you come up with that and that cadence and that timing and still make it sound good and get mm -hmm. across the point like it just totally blew my mind and all he said was your brain's a muscle if you just work it out one hour a day you'll be just as good as I am and so who told you that? Nob. Oh, Nob said that? Yeah. Wow. And next thing you know, I was like, 
well, what do I do more than anything in the world? Smoke weed. So every time I smoke weed with my friends and I feel like I'm not being productive, I'm going to freestyle. And freestyle till I'm exhausted and I can't do it no more. And next thing you know, it just happened naturally. And it's just led the path for me. So do your do the guys that you rap with, they all freestyle quite a bit too? They do. They do. I will definitely say Julian and Lane are more writers. Julian freestyles with me still like five, six days out of the week. Lane is about to have a baby, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, any day now. So congratulations to him. And so he's got his hands a little bit more fold when it comes to coming and freestyling with us when we're being hooligans all around the city and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'll definitely say when it comes to being the freestyle artist in the groove, that's me. And I wish I'd be more of a writer sometimes. It's not my strong suit because I can't just... there's probably something to that, to like you being, you know having a different strength in the group you know like yeah yeah, if if you guys were all writers and you didn't have any like strong strong freestylers then it wouldn't be as should i say dynamic (laughs) 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 but seriously i mean that's like that's it dude i mean there's something special i was having a conversation with matisse about this today something special about seeing something live number one it's live already right so right. so it could get fucked up mm-hmm. now if if they're if someone's freestyling and you know they didn't plan any of this there's just something very intriguing and special about that mm-hmm. where you're like oh fuck i think it's about like just how organic it is because all these rappers when they write they try to appeal to their fans mm-hmm. but when people are rapping they're just speaking from their heart and their fans appeal to them as a person so it's rather than trying to get that notification or not that notification, but gratification from the crowd from already deciding what's going to sound dope and what cadence. But when you they just see that spark in your eye and watch that spark build to a flame and ignite, it's like they can feel that and they know that it's organic. And yep. I, I think that presence is so much stronger than that's anything. A, that's like a the straight up just connection, especially when you are freestyling. Sometimes you start to lose it a little bit. And then you can just find somebody in the crowd or something and start, you know, when you start rapping about things that are around yeah. you and then people know, they're like, oh, there's no way he wrote this. Yeah. You know, he didn't know I was going to wear a blue shirt today, you know, and, and that is just, that adds so much more shock value. You know, I'm, so my buddy Cody talks about how he feels, so he, he likes the mystique around an artist, right? So like he'll hear a song and he'll kind of like, it's like reading a book. He'll kind of paint the picture in his head of who the artist is and all that, right? And then he says as soon as he sees them, it just loses a bunch of it for him. So he just, like, isn't as interested. As soon as he sees their face, if he sees them live, if he sees a music video, he's like, ah. So it's like, that's like... To an extent, I understand that there's, like, some bias because, like, that's judging a book by its cover. And, like, you feel different when you see somebody different than in your head, like, imagining saying what you're saying, but that still lies like the saying like don't judge a book by its cover is like exactly why it's all about the substance and it doesn't matter if you see what they look like or going to the stage show that should be even more like tell of their their talent because Mm -hmm. anybody can not anybody but a lot of people can write these super dope verses but to be able to spit it flawlessly with the right diaphragm, the right cadence, the right delivery. Bro, it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, it, with a written song I've been doing two years, it's still hard. It still sounds like, no matter what, like anything that I've ever performed, 
definitely sounds better on the record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, d- like, always. Like it's not going to have maybe as much of an impact as far as I'm standing right in front of you and there's veins coming out of my neck and I'm looking into your eyes and then this, there's something happening now, right? Yeah. But like there's also something uh, when you're uh, when you're just kind of chilling. Yeah. When you're kind of just chilling uh, and you've got those headphones on and it's just hitting right in those eardrums, bro. And you're just... And it's just right there, dude. And the and the the production is on point, and the vocals, and the you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes we do a live show, the mic's too hot or the mic's not loud enough. There's, There's a lot of these always things. Always gonna be something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you that don't know music from the backside of it judge these artists on stage and their performance based singly on the artists. And a lot of times you need to know it's just the venue they perform at. I've been to so many places where you don't have monitor speakers and you can't hear yourself, and you just have mm-hmm. to hope you're not blurring loud in everyone's ear. Or well, people can't hear you at all, and you're throwing out your voice. Trying well, the to problem be loud. is that's the problem is that when you feel like when you I, for me at least when I can't hear myself, then I'll just end up rapping way too loud because I'm trying to overcompensate. Because if I can't hear it, I feel like they can't hear it. So now I'm just yeah, and then I'm screaming it. And you know when I wrote it and when I spit it on the record, it was like it was like laid chill, back and chill. Yeah. And now I'm like nah, nah. yeah, <laughs> you know, like battle rapping on a stoner song. What I would say if you are trying to do a show for artists definitely look for those you got to have monitors that's important and then also you know take care of your sound guy you know bring him a blunt bring him a beer buy him a buy him a burger something like that you know like build a relationship be like hey man i'm going up you know right after this dude hey i want to take care of you i really need to make sure my stuff's on point like you do the sound check yeah sound check is a big deal and you do these things because it's not all about you sure you're gonna go up there and have fun no matter what but a lot of times people bought tickets to come see you. So as an artist, I really had to understand that this isn't about me, right? As I'm here, these people are cutting loose and trying to have a good time. And it needs to sound good for to, for them, right? Yeah. For the sake of the venue, for the sake of the promoter, for the sake of the artist, for, you know, for everything. For them not to be like, ooh, dude, don't go there. You know, it just sounds terrible. Like, you know. That's the hard part is like feeding them that character without having an ego about it on stage and doing it for the shine but doing it for the love of music and the love of the way it makes people feel Mm -hmm. rather than the way it makes you feel and like what i've been struggling with and i want to get on is like you have to fall in love with the process of writing and making the song like that is the biggest part that you're supposed to love it's like not about the benefits that you reap after posting the song and everyone sharing it because you do get those those endorphins it's like Are you good you good <laughs> I have that peace of mind bro I'm like thinking like did I hit it I did it right uh, I did it but yeah you get those endorphins that little that little boost when you when you release a song and people are saying nice things about it and they're like oh yeah. man and you know you're 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 pumped but I think the only thing that keeps us off from going crazy is little achievements and goals that we surpass like mm-hmm. I have to clean the house today. I have to do this today. I have to do my laundry. Like if you're not marking things off and getting that little bit of reward, then you're struggling. And so with music, it's like you can't just bank on that reward, though. Like you have to fall in love with making the music. That's not a job. And that's what I have to keep reminding myself, because with times changing and like switching jobs and switching up your whole lifestyle and people around you changing, it's hard to just stay on track and on your course and like when you want to write and make a certain kind of music but 
it seems like you can't like it seems like your mind only goes in one direction mm-hmm. and i've been tr- practicing all these different creative writing techniques to try to like break that i've realized if i'm a freestyle artist i just need to tandem write mm-hmm. and just fill up like seven pages in a row mm-hmm. because i'll pull out a lot of gold from that rather than like making a math equation out of like some crazy words that probably shouldn't even be mixed together yeah and i think that like you're gonna have things to write about based on experiences so when you're kind of got some writer's block then it's time to put the pen down and go experience some shit yeah go have a mushroom trip or just go to the lake (laughs) with your friends or go get a cabin and do a little retreat with some people yeah or or you know odyssey you know who that is the rapper yes so he would like he would say that he would just like go you know he just go down to like just go downtown in the city and just sit on the on a park bench and just observe life as it's moving throughout the city yeah and he would just kind of pull inspirations from just kind of studying people and like oh look at this guy he's probably going he's on his way to da 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 you know and you're like that's and then tight. that kind of sparks that for you. I was told the same thing about Eminem back in the day. He'd ride the ride the bus in Detroit and write about everything he saw when he was on the bus. And because you're not gonna have a lot of, a lot to write about when you're just going home every day and playing Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right? fair. Like you got to get out. You got to have human experiences. You got to have some bad nights. Mm-hmm. You got to have some good nights. Yeah. You might have to fight somebody. You and that's know, the big thing is it's it's not about how you're feeling. It's about your experiences and like telling that story. Because if you're not living an experience when and you're an artist, then you're just speculating on shit. Right. Because then exactly. it's like, oh, are you real? Are you even doing? What are you doing? Oh, well, I'm not really doing anything. I just, you know, but you rap. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I like that. And I feel like a lot of rappers are rapping about nothing. Yeah, they are rapping about nothing. And I like, I really have an appreciation for somebody who makes music for that therapy, for that, you know, it, it, that really has something to say. So that's why I fuck with you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm getting really sick of seeing so many recycled lyrics. And like, I'm just thinking right now, a good artist isn't a popular artist. A good artist is like a fisher who throws some of the fish back because they're not big enough to go on the boat. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need those fans, and I'm okay without those fans because I need to stay in my own category. I want to be more poetic. I want to be more deep. I want my music to have other levels to it, even if it compromises certain success or making money off of it because I do it more for the craft and the artsmanship of it. than. Yeah, I don't want anybody... Than the, the benefits that you reap, like we were talking about before. Like, it, that's not what it's about for me. It's about, like finding myself through writing and my endeavors and like becoming a perfect me like the best version of myself i can be well i mean music it sounds like is making you a better person oh no it's helping you grow everybody needs a reason at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and like there's a lot worse vices to have than music and i've had a lot worse vices and that's one of the vices that keeps me like it's a good vice keeps my head on straight yeah Mm mm-hmm you know so it's crazy because i was just i saw this like you know when you're in your search bar in uh instagram and it just pops up all those little videos and shit and it popped one up a little wayne and he was talking to somebody he's talking to vlad or somebody and he was talking about how like you know his his cup and like what he has in his cup he's like people always ask me what i have in my cup and what i'm drinking and he's like every you know everybody else drinks alcohol and he was like when i you know when i was drinking that cup i was on i was on 60 minutes with katie Couric. Were you? No. 
he's like when i was when i was drinking out that cup i was i was the number one rapper in the world were you no and he's like maybe i should go back to drinking out of that cup and and he was really <laughs> talking about that like i like it i though. look back though to be honest with you bro and i think lil wayne had superpowers <laughs> because he i'm rapping his lyrics in the shower today and i was like that didn't even make sense like that was a clear freestyle bar that he just made so cool like mm-hmm. he just made it made it cool made it catchy and that is such a art i think his grill was made out of kryptonite or something something man because like yeah, no, I think he does freestyle a lot of it. I think it's all fucking natural, and his mind just thinks in metaphors that way that it just, like, constantly makes those comparisons, and some of them are super clever, and mm-hmm. some of them are super dumb, but he does it really, really well with a lot of steez, yeah. mm-hmm. and, like, he plays it off really well. I think he makes it fun. I think he does make it fun. I agree. I don't really listen to a lot of Lil Wayne now, but... You know, because I, I, there's definitely a shelf life for the even the best artist. Yeah. Even the best artist. I'm telling you, if you're a country fan, Garth Brooks just put out a song. They're like, what? I, there's, I'm listening to some new shit. Like, or I'm listening to his old, like, yeah. you're not, you know, it, like Eminem, you know? It was like, oh, that, that was a really cool point in time. And he was like the best rapper for like a yeah. period of time, yeah. you know? And some of those albums are like the best albums, you know? Um, yeah, and he's made all these jumps. Like he, he went more radio, went more pop with it, and then he came back and went more underground and he went more like chopper with it. And you see him just switching all of his styles and showing that he's diverse, but it's like, we already know you as a person, at least how I feel. So it's like, what more can you really tell me in a different way? And like get that same feeling across that you did on those old tapes or those old tracks. Do you think that it's like also as they get more successful, they get further and further from us because we're normal. And when they started rapping, they were normal. And then they get famous and they're living in Beverly Hills and they're driving, you know, and now the things that they're rapping about, you're either like, I don't think you're really going through that or they're just rapping about shit that you're like, it's more of a disconnect. So I think rather than getting further from us, they're getting further from their own roots. Yeah. And it's just like why they did it, where they came from. Like Mm -hmm. everyone works a lot harder with the struggle. Like that's, that's a big thing. And like 50 cents, one of them too, like with his first couple albums that came out, they were just straight fire every single track. And it was just like when people are going through that and they put all their heart and their soul into it, you can see when they don't put as much heart and soul into it the next time. You're just trying to. It's kind of like giving someone a really, really awesome birthday or like anniversary gift and then going really weak on the next next year, you know? Yeah, because you're like, oh, I did that already. I don't need to go hard. It's like, yeah, dude. And then if you give people too much time in between that, that's when they start giving you that like disrecognition like they'll always recognize you for your old stuff but like they're always going to be critical and skeptical of your new stuff so it's it's crazy man it's a crazy world out there it's not a profession where it's just like dude i make good lasagna so uh (laughs) when i'm 80 years old i'm gonna be making fire ass lasagna and my lasagna is going to be probably better it's probably gonna be the better lasagna than like when i started as an artist but what if your taste buds 
aren't as strong as they were. So like, people are like, this shit ain't really that good anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you did have the best lasagna, but like now you just think it's the best lasagna because <laughs> you didn't build a recipe. You built an ego around Facts. your lasagna recipe. Facts. So that's like that's the metaphor for that, for the artists. Wow, dude, tell me about the. Uh, Tell me a little about a little bit about this magazine or this uh, comic book. Oh yeah, that you work. So, on. like I said, my rap name or moniker or whatever you want to call it is Ill Nye the Samurai, kind of my fucking spin on Bill Nye the Science Guy. But I've always had a huge fascination with samurais ever since I was a kid, and I think they're awesome. Like I know I have more native descent, but like that's always been like one of the coolest soulful warriors in my eyes, and like. So I just stuck with it. It's something I got from freestyling, and I'd rather keep it with me. Everybody likes it. Mm -hmm. And so for this comic book, it's really cool because all my inspiration is drawn from my friends around me as well as local rock bands around town. I might even include local rappers because it's still, like, in its early process with, like, the blueprint and everything. Mm -hmm. So basically the story, to keep it kind of in a nutshell, is that... I come from a different clan, a Katana clan, trained by samurais, but I didn't know my father, and I was trained by the village blacksmith. And one day as I'm gone, I come back, and long story short, my whole clan is massacred. My guy goes on a complete rampage, killing spree, because the government, the empire, which in my series is called the PKs, Project King, which is named after my dad's band, they eliminate everybody, and it's kind of like, just a new world order they're taking everybody over and so they eliminated my clan while i was gone and i'm seeking revenge and i go blind from hatred so i have to use a bandana over my eyes at all times in order to like keep myself from going on a massacre and keep all my emotions together and Whoa. so i know that's like super deep and crazy because it's supposed to be very very personal very tragic very emotional right off the get-go but um then it comes really cool and then there's more like teamwork and hope that comes into it so it's the whole idea is traveling refugees that go up against the empire and so my whole clan got massacred the next step to my next clan would be the judo clan or the jujitsu clan and that's where i meet julian jew from the jitsu clan okay and who's like the most renowned warrior to never lose a fight always snaps wrist breaks arms snaps necks like mm -hmm always real graphic cool comic book stuff like that and um we're gonna challenge each other to a battle until we like have to admit defeat or go to a draw and move on basically to the next scene and i'm trying to keep everything really broad in a nutshell and not give too much away because it's a really long story in the making so do you and what are you like are, do you, you don't even have a release date on this thing yet? you're still just working on it no i'm just still working on it That's i have cool, to man. figure out a good artist to help me draw up the comics and these characters and help me design some of these blueprints. But I have a lot of the story finished. And um, so basically it comes from all my friends. Uh, I'll just start naming some characters off to keep it uh, broad and simple at that. So there's Jiu-Jitsu from the Jitsu clan. And then we'll meet Unlucky, which is Unlucky, uh, Lane Flynn, the Unlucky Irishman. That's his rap name. And... Uh, it's going to be a cool character because he's going to be my kind of Deadpool, my comic relief to all the other characters. Mm -hmm. Got to have some comic relief. Yeah, and the cool things about assassins is they're supposed to be stealthy and quiet, but he's an Irishman, and he dropped out and left the um, Assassin's Guild. So okay. he's just like a degenerate, and he's always drunk and a loudmouth. So like 
He's not a good assassin because he's so loud. But he has the skills. But he's going to have kind of that drunken master. Like, the more fucked up he gets, the better he is. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to yeah. be a good comic relief for all the serious scenes that's going to be in there. And then uh, you'll meet my cousin, Vern, which is named after my cousin Vern, the boxer. And he fights at the arena, which is like a death match. And he kind of has his own, like, human torch meets the Hulk thing where it's like the more anger you get, the more his fists turn into an inferno and he can't control his fire around wow. him. And I have like this Whoa. whole fucking squad of my friends and people that I've grown up with that I meet as wandering refugees to meet my team and squad and go up against the empire. And what's cool about the empire is all the bad people are the local rock bands pretty much. So like I'm good <laughs> friends with all the guys from free the jester. So there's going to be a Joker character that never takes anything seriously. And he's going to be called freak, which is okay. obviously going to be the jester. And then we are going to have uh, Pablo Diablo, uh, the guitar player from Project Kings, my Uncle Paul. And he's going to be the devil in the Fury 500 mech suit, which is their like band name for their other side project. And I even have my friends Nixon Rodeo is going to be in there as like some roller derby demon girls and all this. Like I have oh. it like really drawn out for all these different fights and it's going to be a lot to actually put together. And the whole goal is one day to actually make an animation out of it. But I want to keep it simple and start with the comic books. Cause I'm a local rapper, as you know, and it's hard to sell merchandise and that's basically all we make. We don't make a lot off the shows. Mm -hmm. So if I can get comic books in there with my t-shirts and my hats and action figures and cool stuff like that, then I know it's going to be something just a little bit different. And that's what's in my head when I write. So if people see what I've been thinking and read the comic book, I think it's going to shed a whole new light on my lyrics and my personality. That's cool, man. I think that it gives it like a unique, like just from a, a fan standpoint, you know, when you go to a show and they have something really cool like that. That like that's rare. Usually it's just shirts and hats is like snakes and sparklers. Mm -hmm. T-shirt gets old and raggedy, but like a comic book is something you don't ever really want to throw out. Oh yeah, and you'll. I mean, damn, bro. It's like once you have that tan tangible item that you're holding, and, and you mean you can continuously enjoy it, bro. Like a shirt, you wash it one time, and you're like, the neck on this thing's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? yeah. Like I'm never wearing this in public again. Like that's facts, bro. So I'm, um, dude. That's super cool, man. And it's cool how you're including all your friends too, man. And like, kind of being able to take their personalities. I bet that helps to kind of take somebody and mm -hmm. take the personality and exaggerate it and add things to it. Yeah, I like cartoons. I like animes. I like Mortal Kombat. Like, so for me, it's like really fun to just make these different abilities and these different boss fights, and it just like so easily just pops in my head. And then to actually make like the people that live in my lives have a fighting style and go up against another person in my life in my head is just like such a funny role play. And I'm like, why am I wasting this just on my daydreaming thoughts looking like a crazy person stoned in the corner when I can just be writing this down and show everybody what's actually in my head. Dude, I'm, I'm stoked to see the animation, man, or just the, just like see the comic book and just see the style and stuff. I'm, I'm really excited for that, man. A comic book. I don't think I've talked to anybody, any local artist that's, that was putting out a comic book. So that's, I love that, man. Yeah. I, Dude, where'd I you get the idea to do that? I just had a separate idea to do the comic book on its own. And then, really? like, I didn't know what to call, like, my my comic book and everything. And I go by Il Nye the Samurai. But obviously, he's going to be a samurai in the series. So I'm just going to call him Kill Nye. And it's going to be like everybody's trying to kill him in the Empire. 
and it's kind of I like it because it's a mix of Bill Nye and Kill Bill put together. It's like take the double bills and you take them out and you got Kill Nye. That's sick, bro. <laughs> Such a Kill Bill fan, man. Kill yeah, no, dude. I love it. I love it. It's it's kind of corny and gimmicky, but I I like really fall into it because like I have tattoos of samurais on my calves. I fucking love samurais. Mm -hmm. So to be able to play that role as Kill Nye from that clan and then have everybody from different fighting styles and different clans and mythological characters, it's going to be really cool because I have so many different directions I could take it. And I'm still deciding how long I want to make it because I can't make it short and sweet. But I think if I really draw it out, I can make it a lot more worth it so have you written stories before as in, as in lyric form i mean a lot of times when i write my raps i do it like i was learned in high school where you have your intro your three bodies and your conclusion and i actually write my story or what i'm trying to say and then i take that and in my brain i flip it into lyric form mm -hmm. and try to make it all rhyme with everything i said of course some things are left out but it really helps me to keep on topic if i have everything to pull from from that side so that's just one of my writing techniques that I try to do. So you never had like written, like a, like sat down to write like any kind of a screenplay or anything like that. And you were just like, I'm going to write a comic book. Mm -hmm. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah. I know that you were, because uh, it's always fascinating to me, bro. You were talking, we were kind of, I didn't want to get too far into it, but you, you started talking about uh, your DMT trip. Oh yeah. <laughs> like some people tell me, bro, they tell me like, oh, when you do DMT, it like, you know, you can really learn a lot of things and then take them into your life and it kind of changes. You can change the way you're thinking and you can appreciate things more and stuff. What was your experience like? Man, it was, it's like hard to put in words, but it was like amazing. I did it in the right way. I did it with one of my friends who's luckily a shaman. So he kind of guided me through the path and it helped me realize so many things that were messed up with me when it comes to insecurities or anything that anyone could be self-conscious with because mm -hmm. Most people don't know DMT is that that gland that you produce when you go to sleep or when you die, and that comes from the pineal gland, and um, it just takes you to another place. I didn't have enough to completely lose myself, but I got to say, as soon as I exhaled, my whole body kind of dissipated, dematerialized into nothing, and I just realized that the world is so much bigger than myself. I saw myself at the mirror at one point when I kind of came to and it was funny because I've never looked at myself before and thought that it wasn't me. It was another person in the room. Whoa. But then I like realized it was like I'm out of my body, but I'm seeing this guy as if he was just a normal Joe on the streets or a friend of mine. And then I realized, why are you so harsh on this guy? Why do you give him such a hard time? Like, look at him making his way in the world just like anybody else. He deserves love just as much as anybody else. And even though these are kind of simple and ridiculous ideas to actually see yourself and think that thought and realize that you're not showing yourself that much love. It was definitely like a life changing experience. And like I had this glow about me the next three days after it was just like a lot of my say muscles in my back just got massaged out, but it was all just problems in my mind and little con like conflictions that I didn't know I had all smoothed themselves over and oh. I know that it's like a hard one to control yourself, so I'm not trying to recommend it to anyone, but I think that it is definitely life changing and I had an amazing time. Wow. Bro, that sounds that sounds like the actual definition of being able to like put yourself into somebody else's like or really like just take yourself out like you're looking at yourself with no bias at all. Just like 
Man, wow, that's wild, yeah, dude. Yeah, like no history of my past or who I was. Like I was a new person, and I just realized like I, I may just be this this spirit, this this consciousness, and that's just like my body. That's that's my car. That's my shoes. That's mm-hmm. what takes me everywhere. Like, why are you given? your fucking tool that was given to you such a hard time so really it was like your, you were it was your, like your consciousness that was, so yeah. that's, your, that's like taken out it was like an idea of astral projecting almost at a sense but like being conscious while being unconscious it's that's fucking crazy yeah and you said it felt like it felt like three yeah. hours or something like that it felt like three or four hours and i couldn't tell you how long it actually was because uh it, the night continued on after that i should just say <laughs> without giving too much away yeah <laughs> damn man that's crazy man i've never tried that stuff i've always been super intrigued and you know mushrooms well definitely mushrooms we we well we did mushrooms recently yeah <laughs> fun and terrifying yeah all together it was it was a blast you guys would never believe it if you've ever been surrounded by 12 skunks in your life while peaking, it's the most terrifying experience you'll ever, <laughs> ever go through. It's terrifying. <laughs> but it was like, and it was like at the, it wasn't even at the end. It was crazy because it was like the smallest amount that we ate, I feel like. That it, had to be like the, the hardest I had tripped off the it smallest It was about the amount. size of a quarter. It was just a tiny bit of mushrooms. We were like, oh, cool. Light body high. Yeah. This is going to be a nice compliment yeah, to Yeah, we're our... going to play disc golf and we're going to have a lovely time. And it hit us <laughs> holy shit i would be afraid if so, like someone took an eighth of that i would yeah. be afraid for them when we hit the beach and i took my shoes off and hit the water man i thought the sky was falling there for a second when it took me off my feet dude oh yeah because you were walking what happened so we went oh when, when you get to that seventh hole at down river there's like a little <laughs> beach and by the time we got to the Specific. beach, we were lit. Yes. Because not only were the, were the mushrooms kicking in, I think we were like a blunt or two in. Yeah. And then also had a couple tall boys. So with, we were really uh, moving, bro. A little bit of raised lemonade. With a little raised lemonade, we were really moving, bro. And <laughs> and um, once don't we recommend to, that to anybody. And once we got to, oh, I recommend it highly. No, no, I don't recommend it. Yeah, you're not, right. Not, not. I don't recommend that either. Not at disc golfing. I do golfing. not condone this. Don't try this at home. <laughs> 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 at, because we got, but I'm gonna tell you, we got to that seventh hole, and when I took my socks and shoes off, got put my feet in that water, bro. It was just that was like it. it it's just. You just feel connected. Oh like yeah! You're in the water, your feet's in the earth. You look around you. You just see mountains and or hills and trees and sky, and it's just man. I don't know. It's it like you're relieved great. to be part of it. Yeah, and you're with your friends, man. And you're with, you know when you when you you got to do stuff like that with good people, good good cool people, man. And uh, what was it? So then we got to like hole nine, and you were like, mm-mm. the funniest thing is what i thought about it so much and what messed me up on the trip is all i wanted was a good spot to sit on the beach without getting too dirty Mm -hmm. and so i'm looking around and you guys are finished up on the blunt i was the first to put my socks and shoes on so i'm waiting for you guys to put your socks and shoes on and i'm getting really impatient i'm like man i really want to find somewhere cool to sit down this is all dirt all rocks i want some grass Mm -hmm. like let's go guys and it felt like you guys were taking years and forever. And the funniest part, 
about it is you guys didn't take long at all. And as soon as like I started feeling like a huge wave hit me and I had to like just sit down in the dirt and like catch myself, all of a sudden like I put my head back up and I look and then you guys are walking off and I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> all this fucking time so it was i like, was waiting for you to leave and all of a sudden like i nah. started to panic because i couldn't find a good spot to sit and then i get my consciousness back and they're they're leaving without me yeah and I, well, we were like let's go like you know we're on to the next hole like we were just we just did that second smoke because we were like damn we're kind of high like, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's do a second smoke <laughs> sesh and then we and then because you know we had to go up this hill afterwards and it's a nice little spot it was a little nice little spot down there yeah. on that log and shit and uh even though it does look like a murder scene a little bit, there's like clothes hanging from trees. You're like, there okay, was definitely that kind of creepy. But besides that, yeah, it was like you were just like. There's a beautiful were, sunset though. You were immobilized. I, I was. Is that the right like word? A, yeah. Immobilized. My, what what's it called? The motor function. Like you were you're like. Yeah, like. I can't. You're like I don't. I, I knew move. to sit down because like I felt like my legs had a mind of their own for a second. So if I just sit down, not that nothing bad's gonna happen. So we, so we like, you're on your back. We kind of wait around because, you know, me, me and the homie were like on the opposite wave, right? It was hitting us hard and we were trying to, you know, we were trying to walk it out. Yeah. As a sense. We were like, we just got to keep going, man. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yep. Right. I and, remember. <laughs> and, uh, and so that was kind of like a, a predicament when you're really like, when you're up there on, on fucking on the Himalayan peak and you're just, <laughs> you know, and you're like your friend doesn't want to get up but you don't want to stand around and you're just like i think i transferred off that angst to you guys at that moment well i think that we did a because i wanted to leave and then as soon as you guys were ready to leave i didn't want to leave anymore it was like a whole paradigm shift that's crazy because i just tried to keep the energy cool and just like keep calm through it because i knew that it would just smooth out and uh and it, it did smooth out a little bit you were kind of chilling and then we threw that last hole but the skunks, see, because we smelled the skunk over at the seventh <laughs> we hole. We did, we did. And and Travis was like, I don't want to fucking be over here, right? I was the first one to see it, and I was scared. And and oh, and you said skunk. There was one, and then I look over, and there's two, and then three, three and then four, four. And I was like, holy! There was like six, dude. There was so many. They were all in that area. We got lucky that we didn't get sprayed. Yeah, because we could have accidentally just ran, walked on one, or walked right. You know what I mean? Because we didn't know what we were doing. We were just trampling through we, those. We, no, we, we we ducked like we were military commandos and ran through those bushes, <sighs> hoping we didn't step on one. Holy fuck! And we didn't get sprayed. And hopefully, we were so one with the earth there that like they were okay with us being there. But now I know that that spot just got all sorts of all sorts of life. Down yeah, there. that means you guys need to clean up your trash if you're going down there. Skunks wouldn't be down there if they weren't trying to get food down there. So be where good do, to our environment. Skunk, where do skunks just live naturally? Just they just that's like <laughs> like where do they have they be nests? The trash be, bro. Do they live, like do, where, like do they build houses? Like they're is, they're a rodent, right? So they're a rodent. Usually dude. they do nests. Who do you think would win between like a skunk? And a, and a porcupine porcupine's got uh like like poisons hit. and shit up in there is there poisons i feel like there's shit that uh is not good for you inside of their needles but but that skunk could just get you with the, like a hit you like hit the air and then just hits like a draft 
and you're fucked, bro. That that hey, porcupine's got to bathe in tomato juice. I will never doubt a skunk in my life again. I promise that. Especially when they're rolling in packs, bro. I didn't know they rolled like wolves. Holy <laughs> shit. Seriously. Dude. Like, they were probably like, I mean, they probably just think like us. They're like, dude, let's go down to the disc golf course, bro. Those fools just throw shit. They just, they throw in discs. They throw in trash. They throw in, they got fucking beer. We can come down here and just get a little sip. And, bro, I think when it gets hot, too, everybody, homeless people, skunks, like, snakes, like, everybody's just out everywhere yeah. you know what i'm saying like people are just fucking roaming do you dude. think the skunk would beat the snake still i don't know what the like what the what the the stinkiness of the skunk is going to do to the snake i don't even think a but sn- they still got teeth oh honey badgers and shit fuck up snakes no i think a snake would fuck up it depends what what kind of snake right but you're right if it was like a one of those that wraps <laughs> them up though <laughs> Dude, we were so we were sitting at the seventh hole, right, chilling, and there was these guys coming up that was just like really good, and he was like, "Check out the first hole," and he pulled up his phone, and at the first hole, he showed us there was this thick snake, bro. So out there at that disc golf course, man, there's all sorts of wildlife out there. Yeah, it's cool, man. It makes it a little more exhilarating. Yeah, for you when you think you know you don't know what you're gonna run into. Uh, the homie said he saw a moose down there. Crikey. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'd climb a tree, I guess. Like, what do you do? God damn. Yeah, no. I hear some moose can be fucking pretty violent. What's your spirit animal, bro? Ooh. What a deep question. I think mine's a giraffe. I like that. I like that. You know? I think I'm a jaguar, bro. Ooh, a jaguar. I think I'm a jaguar. Dude. And like my my, my supposed lineage is from Azteca Mayan descent, Mm -hmm. so I'm told, which I don't really know a lot of that because my grandpa was like a really psychedelic, music playing, womanizing dude. Like he produced music for Carlos Santana. I actually found out after he died recently. And the ironic part is he actually said that he fell victim to a black magic woman so those two together is super ironic to me but um he was one of the most interesting man's like men because he was able to play every instrument like every instrument there was and when he was writing songs he never did it while he played he just knew sheet music so he would write it all down by sheet music in his head mm-hmm. and then play it with the instruments like he just heard it in his head which was insane to me so why is it that it seems like those are the most talented the people that you know the guy could go to school and study it and know all this st- you know but it's that that person that can just close the eyes you know Jimi hendrix the guitar that's just that hard work beat like versus talent which a lot of times hard work beats talent and people get better than those ones because those ones that have it naturally are usually the ones that are spoiled and end up like squandering it yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah. or getting drugged out and be, being a part of the 27 club like that was a lot of them they were just geniuses that suffered from demons so my thing is is that so bad I mean, I don't think it's so bad because like you could live till you're 80 years old in some mediocre life and not just, have a legacy and not have a legacy or, you know, or you're living the highest highs. You're living highs that, that people can't even achieve in their life. You got things in the bank that that people don't make in a lifetime. You're, you're seeing things and meeting people and going places. You know, it's almost like in 27 years, you've 
experienced more than most people will experience their entire life. So is it the time that we want? Is it that? Because is it the time because we think that we might do something with the time? Because if you only got 10 years, but you really did something with that 10 years, like you traveled every country, you saw everything, you performed in front of millions of people, you, you fucking you ate the finest food, smoked the best weed, you fucking, you know, had sex with the most beautiful women ever, seen all the beaches, castles, anything that you wanted. Or, or they're just like, hey, you are who you are right now, just figure it out, hopefully, maybe one day you'll be able to do some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, even if you're on the, like, search to being great, there's so many ways you can fail or like every day is not promised like every day is not promised so it's just like if you're not living every day like to get the full fulfill- fulfillment out of what was given to you mm-hmm. then like what are you doing like that's my opinion like you just have to try to find the fulfillment in whatever way you can and for some people that's through religion or through future planning or some people it's for living in the moment and i think it really just depends that person's like soul their want their need deep side like deep down inside mm-hmm. yeah i'm just happy to be here <laughs> exactly you know exactly and that's, that's where this all came from man it was like gratitude i'm thankful i'm grateful for the things that i have and uh the people that i get to meet and the people that i get to interview on this podcast and learn about their lives and shit man and dude i just appreciate you coming here bro is there anything else you want to fucking talk about before we dip out uh, I definitely want to say that that glue number four from Sugar Leaf is the <laughs> oh, truth. Shit, bro. I'm not the type to slur my lyrics, but I think that that glue has a lot to do with it. I feel a little stuck to this chair right now. Yo, shout out to Cinder, man. Go pick that up. They got a, I picked up a quarter, man. It's Big shout fire. out to Cinder. Cool, man. We'll uh, let the people know where they can find your music and all that shit. Okay, okay. Well, right now it's just uh, Lilac City Dynamics. Um, we have a website that's under development, so we don't have it yet, but it will be coming to you soon. Um, we do have our one solo confidential that's going to be on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, really anywhere that you look. But most of all of our stuff is going to be on YouTube and Sound SoundCloud. Yeah, but you I would some check music videos out, right? I would check YouTube. Yeah, we got a lot of music videos. Shout out to Led Row, he did a lot of those for us. And um, we got a lot of live performances, too, a lot of just us fucking around videos. So if you want to get to know the artist, there's a lot of that on Lilac City Dynamics on YouTube. Um, And I got my own single coming out soon, Faith. So be on the lookout for that. Getting it produced by Nathan Chartre. He's the man. And if you haven't listened to him, definitely go give him a listen. So you got you and you you on Instagram, you know, fucking Twitter, you know, Snapchat, all that shit, right? I don't have a Twitter that's okay. under development with the webpage, but mm-hmm. it's all on way. Cool. Dude, thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah. you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. We out. Peace. Just happy to be here. What's your spirit animal, bro? Ooh, what a deep question. I think mine's a giraffe. The neck on this thing's so cool. I like that. I think I'm 12 skunk 